Welcome to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinion. Today is March 8th, 2023. This is episode 356. My name is Scott Magnus. My name is Jake English. And on this week's show, we will scrape at the bottom of the bucket of Orioles spring training. We'll also try to get down to the truth of the matter. And we'll do that right after we lubricate for the show. It's time for the drink of the week. He said that just for you, Derek Arnold. Uh, Scott Magnus, my drink of this week is a uh, tail end of a bottle of an Apothic Red Winemaker's Blend Red Wine. It is my mother's favorite. I bought it for her when she came to watch my children so I could go on vacation. Uh, She left it here, and so I'm enjoying the end of it. A nice $9 bottle of red wine? Yes. Yes. Your mother is a classy lady. Wind up. Come back. We need you. Yep. That's that's the bat signal. I'm just going with a classic Pepsi tonight. No alcohol for me. So I'm not sure if that's going to improve or harm uh, the, the evening. But uh, harm. Let's see. If you are interested in seeing what we are drinking as far as beer is concerned on a daily, weekly, hourly basis, please come find us on Untapped. I'm at Jake E4025. And I'm at MAGN8606. And with that, it's time for a checkup. All right, Jake, let's pop over to the medical wing. Uh, you know, starting off, we've got D.L. Hall, who has, uh, you know, had the lower back ouchie, as it were, we could call it. Um, you can tell which of us wrote the show notes for that part. Absolutely. It was our, my six-year-old. Um, <laughs> so uh, D.L. threw a bullpen station today. Um, no major setbacks. That's good. Um, but yeah, it's just something to keep an eye on to see how long it takes him to get kind of stretched out. And really, at this point, he is either going to be in the bullpen or he's going to start in the minors, right? You would have to assume that's the case. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Felix Bautista, he has a knee ouchie, and he is on schedule to throw a bullpen session in the coming days. Actually, there was an update to this. Uh, apparently, it was a knee boo-boo. Oh. Oh. Um, and apparently, he threw, uh, you know, briefly um, over the past two days. Um, but again, going to be amping that back up again. Another one was Nick Vespi, again, um, on schedule to throw in a simulated game. He believes he can come north with the team if the team wants him. Um, does the team want him? I think it depends on the health of the rest of the staff. It was interesting because somebody wrote today, maybe it was uh, today, maybe. Somebody wrote recently, maybe it was Rock, about the fact that the absolute shoe-ins for the bullpen were down to three. And it was like CNL Perez, Brian Baker, and somebody else. And I thought to myself... That doesn't feel right. I feel like there are so many guys that you could say, yeah, they're a slam dunk to make this bullpen. I mean, I think Austin Voth at this point is probably very likely to be in the bullpen. I think that uh, Tyler Wells is very likely to be in the bullpen. I think that Joey Crable is very likely to be in the bullpen. And eventually you start running out of spots. Mm-hmm. So does does the team want Nick Vespi? Well, maybe. But I think that depends on whether or not, you know, Brian Baker twists his knee between now and, and uh, April 6th. Sure. And... 
we still have not seen Gail Gibbons um, in any games yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about Michael Gibbons, and he's got some other stuff going on. He so does. So there's that. There's that. Uh, okay, Dylan Tate had a, oh man, this isn't even an ouchie. This is a real thing. A right forearm flexor strain. Uh, he is absolutely headed for the uh, injured list. Uh, he did throw from a half mound this week, which means <clears throat> stuff. I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens is the best way to put it. So I, I feel like he's going to be rehabbing right up until the point where he's not. Until he gets the plasma rich plasma, plasma injection. Right, right. Yeah. But then he comes back as uh, Zach Britton. And I'm very interested to see how else uh, you can spell Dylan. Um, John Meetings, um, Tommy John from last year, similar to that right flexor strain. Um, he started throwing again today from a half mound, about 50% effort, um, no setbacks. So again, still looking at halfway through the season, um, but good to see him. I think he said this is the first time I actually felt like he was playing baseball again. Um, so that's yeah. good. I can't, I can't wait for him to be back and I, I hope he's back. Uh, the one that actually does bum me out is, uh, that Tyron Bavra is dealing with a left shoulder issue that's keeping him out of the lineup. And he was one of the things I was really looking forward to seeing in spring training, particularly because, I, you know, he was going to work out at first base, corner outfield. He was going to do anything he could but to get on this roster. Play first, he can play second, he can play third, he can play right field. Exactly. Field. But it is getting more difficult for him to come in and pitch, which again it's is true. disappointing. Um, so, you know, we'll just wait to see when Vavra can make his return to the lineup. I think that a spot on the roster is really his to lose mm-hmm. from a utility standpoint. And um, I hope that he's a player that actually will be fun and good and not just a player that I've emotionally latched onto. Because, again, the difference between the bad Orioles and the good Orioles is that you don't have to latch on to the, you know, the screeches, the Fiorentinos, the, uh, the I almost said Flaherty, but, you know, that class of player. All right, so we've got six folks right there on the medical wing. What is one person on the medical wing right now that you're concerned about and the impact that it's going to have for the Baltimore Orioles? I mean, I, I think it would have to be either Dylan Tate or Felix Bautista, uh, just because of all the things that have to go right for the Orioles in order for them to be competitive. Having another lockdown bullpen is one of those things that must happen. And if one or both of those guys was down for any considerable period of time, can other guys slide into the back end of the bullpen? Maybe. Maybe a Perez and a Tyler Wells are a dominant power pair in the back, and, and you don't miss them as much. But those are no slouch arms that are that are in question. Agree. Agree. I mean, I think um, that's certainly a concern. Um, you know, if I look at all those names, I mean, I do think that Dylan Tate is the one that has the most dramatic impact on the bullpen um, going forward. So, um, you know, if I had to pick a secondary one, it'd probably be Dale Hall. Because, again, it comes back down to, you know, this is not a make-or-break season for him, but we want to see him get some significant innings this year. Um, and starting off, you know, injured, not great is the best way to put it. And, and it comes back to the team's margin of error from starting pitching. Correct. You know, we, right now he's the odd man out, and, and he's the odd man out probably from a talent standpoint, right, because there are other better options. But those guys are certainly going to falter at times. They're not going to be 100% healthy. And, yeah, we hope to get John Means back. We hope to get the real John Means back. Um, but I think D.L. Hall is is somebody we're going to need. You know, good teams need, what is it, nine starters nine throughout starters. the year? Nine starters, yeah. Um, so for him to not be available is either 
a blessing because it, it makes the, the math easier or it's a huge loss. Correct. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens with the, with the Orioles on, on that basis. But uh, yeah, like it said, certainly not a disaster of a spring training so far, um, but something to keep an eye on as we kind of progress further into the, to the Ides of March, as it were. Uh, let's go to 280 characters or less this week on the Twitters. Jake, why don't you kick us off? I want to start with the Baltimore Orioles. And here on International Women's Day, the Baltimore Orioles, who of course tweet at Orioles, uh, provided another great bit of media. The The social teams have really been crushing it this offseason. I, I will say for all the crap I give the team about the offseason, uh, the, the socials team is killing it. Uh, but they had another mic'd up se- uh, segment. It was about <clears throat> 10 minutes. And they they were with uh, assistant GM Eve Rosenbaum, and I thought it was great. I thought it was a really entertaining yep. look. Um, you know, local person who's now there with the club, making an impact. And again, the more women in baseball, the better. Um, it was it was a great uh, piece, and I hope that the the team is the socials team is learning from our interest. And that we get more of this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think this is great. Um, you know, one thing that I, I was watching this kind of 10-minute segment, and I really enjoyed watching it today um, over kind of my lunch period. Um, I thought to myself, you know, for folks like us who are on Twitter and are kind of following this content, this is great. But I do think about maybe older population. I think to myself, why is content like this not on Masson right now? I mean, it makes a ton of sense to say, Hey, we're going to do a weekly show. They used to do a weekly show where they would have, you know, um, you know, some local, you know, news individuals. Um, even Tom Davis was doing it, um, and meet up for thirty minutes to an hour and just talk it. Um, and it just doesn't exist. Do Start. you have Do you have any idea where we are in the World Poker Tournament season, Scott? I have no idea, actually. There is no room for any of this frill. We've got to get down to business because it's either that or rodeo. Uh, one of the things about the piece in a, in a substantive way that I thought was interesting was her comfort with the technology mm-hmm. and and the the statistics. She talked a lot about barrels, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I thought it was really interesting that you know she had the tablet up tracking pitches in real time, and it made me think to myself, look how widely the organization is skilled at being conversant mm-hmm. in the things that matter. Yep. And I think that that does go directly from Elias right on down to the pitchers themselves. Sure. And, uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, for all my disappointments for the things that didn't happen in the offseason, of the good things that this regime has brought into place is, you know, and Grayson Rodriguez pointed this out in an interview with uh, Suspetta's Family Barbecue. It's a different organization than it was just a couple of years ago. Sure. And that, like... 40-second snippet of that 10-minute uh, video was a really great example why. Yeah, I mean, I think we all know it and we can kind of see it, but it's also one of those aspects where, again, coming back to this Suspetis Family Barbecue interview with you know, Grace Rodriguez, um, it just kind of shone a light on the aspect of how archaic and dark ages, um, you know, the technology and the statistical analysis was with the Baltimore Orioles. Lack thereof. Lack thereof, exactly. Uh, next one, uh, tweet goes into the... Now, let's not be a tease. Um, this comes from OBP Apparel, at OBP Apparel. I think it's almost time to drop some designs for the 23 collection. Oh, baby. Can't wait. Can't, can't wait, first of all, to uh, support the creators of our logo. Secondly, can't wait to support a former Baltimore Sports Report Network sister wife podcast. Um, but if you don't own OBP Apparel, 
shirts. Shame do, on you. Do not wait. Yeah. Run. Do not walk to your nearest computer and make it happen. Uh, incredible people. Incredible shirts. Our next tweet comes from who else would it come from? It's Matt Kremnitzer. He tweets, Did we retire him? Didn't he get the Abaldo Jimenez Award for this week on the Twitters? Never. Okay. Never. Uh, Matt Kremnitzer tweets at Matt Kremnitzer. Um, and he asks, hey, has anyone talked about the pitch clock yet? Would love to hear endless pitch clock opinions. Hashtag pitch clock. Man's got a point. There's a lot of people talking about the pitch clock. I can't wait for him to hear our next segment. We may keep it brief. Uh, the last tweet comes from, uh, let's see, Dadler? Hmm, I don't know if I've ever followed this one individual. Um, David Adler posts as follows. Adley Rutschman's blocking pitches other catchers missed, plus 18 blocks above average in 2022. Best catcher in baseball on StatCast's new blocking lead board. And it's a really cool video covering the basis of, you know, all the balls that Adley Rutschman's doing. So, again, you were talking about the aspect of conversational basis. You know, putting things like blocks above average or outs above average, it's sometimes really difficult to contextualize what that actually means. But putting it to video and actually data modeling it on a visualization standpoint really allows more of the common fan to see it and be like, oh, wow, that's actually pretty impressive. I love, I mean, my kid's a catcher, so I, I mean, yeah. I really enjoy um, the art of catching, right? Uh, but I love the fact that this video um, both encompasses new analytical um, expression of our eye test. Mm -hmm. You know, you see those side-by-side -side videos of Adley catching it and others missing it, and your eye test goes, oh, Adley's a better catcher. Look at that. But they can model that, and they can, they can show that, and they can articulate the value of each of that, and I think that's incredible. And this, you know, this goes back to, to season one of Bird's Eye View, yep. right? What can this bring the game? People say it sucks the life out of it. I think it adds meaningful conversation, and I'm really excited about, you know, this year and the next couple of years, I think there's just going to be more and more and more of this kind of stuff. What is the first thing that you and I did when I was a kid? Um, I started collecting baseball cards, and what was the first thing we always talked about? We'd flip over the baseball cards and read the statistics. Statistics are part of baseball, um, but it's, again, also finding meaningful statistics as the game continues to evolve and just trying to paint the picture in a different fashion. And the other beauty of this video is the other thing that we did as kids is we mimicked. Absolutely. Right? Everybody tried to have at least three of Cal Ripken's 75 stances. Yeah. Everybody tried to look like uh, Brady Anderson in center field. And so, yeah, as we date ourselves. If you don't throw a knuckle curveball like Mike Messina in a game, you're not doing it correctly is the best way to put it. Absolutely. But, you know, Adley, Gunner, all these young guys, yeah. in addition to what we know about them from an analytical standpoint, we're now able to capture for mimicry for the kids. Too. Is that why your son's got the blonde flowing hair right now? <laughs> it's not, but it is <laughs> It's getting long. <laughs> well, with that, um, why don't we um, enter into the depths that is the nothingness of spring training um, and go around the basis and try to figure out um, what has been broadcast and what has not been broadcast.
All right, it's that time again. We're going to go around the bases. Scott, you teased what has and has not been broadcast. I'm going to try my best not to dunk on Masson this week. That was that was last week. It wasn't a good look for me. It was a worse look for Matt. No, I'm, I'm doing it again. First base is not Masson. I want to talk about something else we've killed, and that is now we're starting to see the rule changes in action. Yep. Um, and so I, I like to think to myself, hey, now that we can see this thing uh, for other teams, because, of course, we can't see it for the Orioles, um, what is the impact on the game? Did we overreact? Is it much to do about nothing? Or are we watching a different game? Sure. So let's just start with uh, the bases. I, I don't care. No no difference, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think it's a major difference. Um, we know there is an indication that stolen bases might be up a little bit more, um, but we'll call it somewhat insignificant so far to date. Yeah, I'm I'm not uh, not worried about it. Uh, I, I want to talk about the shift. Sure. Uh, I'm on record for saying I'm not a big fan of the ban of the shift. Sure. Uh, but it's not a hill I'm willing to die on, right? right. I, I, I can't get worked up about it. Uh, the one broad, the one broad, I'm doing it again. The one broadcast that we've seen, uh, Kevin Brown and Ben McDonald were talking about the fact that the banning of the shift in the minors really only raised batting averages across the league by about 10 points. Sure. I'm really fascinated by that, and I would love to see what it does at the major league level. I don't think it's going to, I think everyone thinks it's going to be a big deal, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. And I think it even comes back to, you know, we saw the one outfielding position where we've dropped the left fielder into um, upper right field. Again, I'm not expecting major changes as it relates to major league baseball on this basis. Yeah, that's interesting though, because that defensive alignment turns a ball the other way into a triple. Whereas previously it turned it into a single. Yes, I would agree with that aspect. But again, if they can't push it through the left-hand side before, why do you think they could loop it over two infielders on that side of the field? Are you indicating that they were unable to push it real good? I am indicating that um, maybe they just don't have the necessary skill set, is the best way to put it. Is there a push it real good above replacement statistic? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I think so. <laughs> I regret I regret many things. That's one of them. Uh, ghost runners. Yeah. That's a real rule now. What are you talking about? We haven't seen it in action. But it's a real rule. Are we sure? Well, I assume. Um, You've but, seen ghosts before? I, I see dead runners. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this. Mm-hmm. Last time we got together, I snarkily said, well, I'd rather see ties in baseball than damn ghost runners. Sure. But I've been thinking a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Why not ties in baseball? Because no one wants a tie. Nobody. No. Nobody wants to see baseball after nine innings. Oh. So if nobody wants to see baseball after nine innings, why don't we just do a tie? Oh, uh, I see what you're doing here. I no, see no, but, it, but like before it was snark. Yeah. And now I'm thinking about it. I'm yeah. Like if we're willing to give up the extra inning experience, if we're willing to radically change the game. Yep. And the counter argument is, oh, well, ties aren't baseball well neither neither are ghost runners so right. i i would actually be interested to see what ties in baseball over 162 games would do to the races you know if we went to a system where it was like you know points you know like the rest of the sports world sure. does with uh ties i'd be really interested to see what that would do to a pennant race and if we're going to give up on baseball anyway you know, this isn't me shaking my, my fist at clouds saying, oh, yep. they're not playing my game and I don't like things are different. Yep. But if we're going to be different, yep. why not ties in baseball? 
Yeah. Not a big fan of ties. Well, I'm not a big fan of Ghost Runners, but I don't get I don't get my way either. Oh, wait. Are you saying draws? Yes. Oh, see, I thought she meant like bow ties. I'm not a fan of bow ties. <laughs> Jim Hunter is no longer the MC. You're you're safe from bow ties. Draws I'm perfectly okay with. <laughs> I like the fact that you let me get wind up. Wound up. <laughs> Just, uh, and last but not least, sorry, Matt Kremitzer, uh, the pitch timer, as MLB's uh, publications call it. I'm also not a, a huge fan of this, but I'm, I'm really trying to, uh, I'm really trying to watch the game for the new flavor that it will bring. Um, and uh, we're going to talk. <laughs> that was 15 seconds. That's a pitch clock violation. <laughs> I apologize. Let me get myself set. Wait, timeout, timeout, timeout. Time All right. Out. Okay, I'm really interested to see what it will do with uh, the new game. We had an interview with Colt Urban the other day. Uh, this was on the broadcast. And then there was another interview on the Talking Pitching podcast, which Alex Fast had recommended to us. And just to hear him talk. Get to the point. Okay, just to hear him talk. Wait a minute, now i got to go back to the beginning. I'm going to get myself my, my feet set here. Um, Colt Urban made a really interesting point about the pitch clock and how you know he needs to adjust to it and how he plans to bring his game and how that might actually not hurt him so much. <sighs> anyway, I'm keeping an open mind. I'm curious to see what will happen. So I, I hear what you're saying. And I, I do think that it's a, a matter where um, I think there's some strict enforcement going on is the best way to put it right now. However, I will say as well that I don't think it's a bad thing. And again, I, I take a look at minor league baseball and this has been going on for many years now. Um, and it has shortened the game by about 20 minutes. And in general, once the season kind of gets started, there's maybe one infraction per game. Mm. I think right now, you're Florida, you're Arizona, you know, you're not in a frequent kind of day in and day out basis. I'm okay with it. Here's what I'd like to see. Here's a minor change that I'd like to see. I'd like to see us basically implement the pitch clock up until, you know, the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning, and then oh. just get rid of it. And basically play up on that little bit of drama in late inning leverage situations. That's the only change that I would make at this moment. But overall, um, I really do enjoy the games kind of finishing in two and a half hours. Um, I think it makes a ton of sense to try to engage the younger population. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense in terms of getting people into the ballpark. I mean, if I want to take my kid to a game during the weekday, I'm leaving during the sixth and seventh inning. I'd like to be able to see the game all the way through. So for as many people as is complaining about how well, beer sales are going to go down, um, and, and you know, research has been basically put out by Baseball America indicating that minor league baseball concession sales did not go down whatsoever last year. Um, I think this is actually a good thing, and I think as it relates to you know families and kids coming to the park, and you know, also the ability to kind of tune into other games. I think it's a really big deal. Is, is the best way to put it. I hope that this works. I, like I said, I'm not a big fan of it, um, but rather than just poo-poo it, I, I do hope it works. Uh, for all the, the reasons that you just indicated, I hope that less baseball sells more, right? Because ultimately, that's what we're trying to do. And right? I don't think it's less baseball. I think it's the standpoint of, like, as a massive expert here, um, if you go back and watch, you know, the 66 World Series or the 70 World Series games that they constantly replay, and you take a timer and you actually time the pitchers, 
they're right on that 15 to 20 second mark is the best way to describe it. Mm. So there isn't that standpoint which you know I call the Yankee and the Red Sox syndrome, which is I step out, I adjust my batting gloves, right. I tap my top my shoes off. The Nomar Garcia part. Right. I, I circle the thing. It's the standpoint of like, you can step out briefly and you need to step right back in in order to do it. So again, I don't think it's as big of a deal for the pitchers. I think the bigger deal is just the standpoint of making sure that the batters are not constantly stepping out and trying to, you know, impact, you know, the pitcher's routine, as it were. And if mm-hmm. they do, and they play that mental game, then there's going to be a ramification as it relates to a strike being called. Yeah. I. You say it's not less baseball. Uh, the rules that are impacted, that are being enacted this year, will result in fewer innings because of the the extra inning rule. For Ghost Runner, yes, I agree with the aspect of Ghost Runner. And and fewer hours of baseball, and they're going to get my money anyway. Yep. And so Major League Baseball doesn't have to cater to me, but for me, it's a bummer. Yeah. And and I hope that the effort to grow the game beyond me works. Yep. Because because if they make these changes and it doesn't work, yep. then you just have old grumpy men like me who are still not getting the experience they prefer and no new. To be fair, no matter what Major League Baseball does, you're going to be old and grumpy. That is true. That is true. Um <laughs> All right, let's let's leave first base, and perhaps leave the bell with it, uh, and head to the. Uh, Congratulations, second. you now get twenty seconds on the clock. You're so good today. Uh, we're gonna head to second base, and we're gonna talk about the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I believe that I don't want to speak for you. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. I do want to speak for you, but I won't in this instance. We are fans of the World Baseball Classic. Of course. Okay. Um, big fan of it, but I I, I realized something uh, just this evening with. Uh, as it relates to to pool play, mm-hmm. um, you know this this first uh, pool is being played uh, somewhere else, uh, Australia, uh, Taipei, perhaps. Yeah, Taipei, Taiwan, Taiwan. Um, and so that means that there are going to be a lot opportunity, a lot of opportunities for World Baseball Classic, dongs after dark. No question. Uh, I, I had not been considering that, and uh, and that was a big miss on my part. I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, the World Baseball Classic. One of the cool things is that um, the Czech Republic, Czechia, uh, made the tournament this year, which is fun. My mom's family's Czech. Uh, and the cool thing about uh, the Czech Republic is that their baseball tradition is not like, you know, here or Japan or Latin America. It's like um, the guys that play uh, for the national team are, are like, you know, they've got regular jobs. Yeah, right? so they play baseball and then they go back to their regular. It's lives. like the fifties and sixties all over again, basically. Right. So, uh, you know, with with all apologies to Kingdom of the Netherlands, who is clearly a, a bird's eye view favorite, uh, outside of Team USA, got a pull for uh, the Czech Republic. That is my uh, that is my secondary team this year. They, of course, they'll get mauled, um, but I'm just just happy to see them. No, I agree. I mean, it's. It's a good story, and like I said, they'll, they'll get mauled, but, I mean, it's still awesome that they're going to kind of show up. Um, it's just, like, the same standpoint of seeing, like, Great Britain go out there yeah. and, uh, you know, even China on that basis as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's great to see, you know, countries, and, again, you never know what can happen in a, in a pool series. You know, upsets have been known to happen before, um, so you just got to see what happens. I just can't wait for the party balloons that Team China brings. <laughs> um, 
one one thing that I I noticed. Um, so just to pull the curtain back a little bit, I have spent the last two weeks largely out of the country. If you've been following our Untapped, you've seen all sorts of crazy things. Um, but two weeks ago, I was lucky enough to spend a week in Costa Rica, and realized while I was there that I was in a Central American country that had next to no baseball tradition. Um, you know, football, excuse me, soccer, uh, was obviously very big there, next to no baseball. I was super disappointed because as we uh, drove through a country which was incredible, by the way, let me just stop and, and do a plug here for the Costa Rican Tourism Department. If you have the opportunity to go, dear God, please go. Um, no baseball. It's a bummer. It's no baseball. Do you know why that's the case? Why is that the case? Dan Ducat went there one year, and uh, all baseball dried up. Costa Rica has not had a uh, has not had an active military since 1949, and apparently has not had baseball since the same time. It's like American University with the football team, <laughs> undefeated, undefeated since 1893. Yes, it's important to note. Uh, let's let's get a little closer to home. Team USA is apparently stacked with talent. Yeah, they look really good. I'm kind of excited about that. now. I will say that I'm starting to hear some hype that's like. Making it sound like the dream team. Zero chance. Yeah, it's not what we're looking at here. But I am pleased to see such a strong showing from Team USA. No, I mean, I think that they got a really good amount of representation from some really, you know, top 30 Major League Baseball All-Stars. Um, and I don't know if we could say that in the last incarnation for the World Baseball Classic. So glad to see it. Um, that being said, uh, I probably would pick another team currently in the World Baseball Classic as my dream team um, if, I, if I could, is the best way to put it. Okay. Who who is that? A Dominican Republic. Of course. I mean, of course. Dominic, you look at the Dominican Republic and you're just like, all-star, 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 all-star. Uh, almost an all-star, 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 all-star. I mean, it's just, it's they are, ridiculous. They are stacked. They're stacked. I, I'm just excited because I'm disappointed where the World Baseball Classic falls. You know, in, in one respect, these guys aren't ready. Yep. Um, but boy, howdy. It is fun to watch so much good baseball with such... High stakes. I'm I'm excited about it. I think they're close enough to being ready at this point. I mean, do you? we're what three weeks out from the season? I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect. Are are they in the best shape of their lives? No, of course not. They're but, not boys in shorts. Not boys in shorts. Uh, I I do have a bone to pick. Okay. However, with the or it would not be bird's eye view. Yep. Without that. Um, but is is it my imagination, mm-hmm. or did these games used to be? Almost exclusively televised on the Major League Baseball Network. Pretty much all of them were. This year, it's a lot of Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2. Yep. Uh, I think some of the later games are going to be on Fox Prime. Yep. What is a Tubi, and how do I get it? So I think a Tubi is a channel on your streaming device that you can watch television on. Do I have to subscribe to a Tubi? I'm not sure, actually. Is to be free, to be free or not to be free? That is the question. That is the to be question. That was a long walk for that joke. Um, It's interesting to see it make the hop from uh, Major League Baseball Network to Fox and uh, mostly Fox Sports 1 and 2. I'm interested to see um, if Major League Baseball is trying to use the tournament to grow the game, which... Largely, I think this is money. I think Fox Sports paid money for it. Sure, you no, know, sure. I, I'm just. I, I wonder. Like, once baseball left the Olympic Games, mm-hmm. 
Major League Baseball took on the, the mantle of yeah. saying, "Okay, we've got to we've got to pre- preserve international development and competition on a global scale of this, you know, one what once was an American game." Um, I wonder if if this year is the gateway drug to getting it onto a more accessible platform because just Major League Baseball uh, Network, you know, was pretty limiting. Putting it on Fox Sports uh, 1 and 2, it widens the audience. Uh-huh. I hope we're getting closer and closer to it being incredibly widely available. Uh, because, again, I, I really enjoy it. I, I would like everyone to. We'll see. I mean, if Fox played for its rights, I think Fox Sports 1 is probably the best we're going to get um, in all instances. I mean, are you, they're not probably going to put it on Fox Broadcast. Well, it's really interesting because FS1 um, broadcasters... We've got SmackDown. Have on, on Fox. We can't put something else on besides SmackDown. And the reason for that is text messages of the FS1 broadcasters have been released. Yep. And these Fox broadcasters don't believe in the product that they they're don't. putting on. Okay. Uh, that, I think, is going to leave us there at second <laughs> base. And we're going to head right into third. Let's talk about spring training so far. Scott, i got to be honest. It's hard to talk about spring training because it has been so inaccessible for yep. Orioles fans. And, you know, I'll, I'll admit, I spent two weeks out of the country. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of work to catch up on when I got back. Uh, but I feel like it's hard for me to tune in to the radio um, and the television and know I'm going to get an Orioles game. It's very rare. Right now, it's the aspect of I can't turn the radio on. And if I do, then I'm turning on the radio. I think I've heard more Pittsburgh radio broadcasts than I have um, Orioles radio broadcasts at this point. And, and I know we're, you know, we're just beating a dead horse here, but man, Orioles fans are excited about their team as they should be. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be this hard. It seems very difficult. Um, and even the game that was broadcast on Monday, right in the middle of a Monday at a one o'clock, like, what are we doing? Like with technical difficulties, with technical difficulties. <laughs> I mean, you had a Saturday game at home. Like, why are you not broadcasting a Saturday game? Like. Makes no sense to me. All right. From what we have seen, because again, I didn't want this to be a complaint fest about Masson, though <clears throat> they deserve it. It's not even a complaint. Like, it's just it's just weird business decisions. Like, you know, if you are only going to broadcast so many games, that's fine. Like, if that's your business choice, that's your business choice. But like, the games you picked, like, if you want viewership, why are you picking those games? Well, let me ask you this. How many games do you think are broadcast of the Nashville Sounds? All of them. Well, there you go. <laughs> of the things that I have seen thus far, I've, I've been uh, interested in watching for Jackson Holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's cool that uh, he's getting time in camp this early. Um, but it's all the kids. It, it's, you know, seeing Joey Ortiz out there. Yep. It's, uh, it's really exciting to see impactful time from, you know, the names that we've been following for so long. And um, it feels different than it used to when we were, you know, putting our hopes and prayers on, you know, some smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's been really fun to watch all the positional players. Um, Like I said, the pitching has been decent. Um, But yeah, the position players and just, you know, there's been a few games there where it's just been an entire prospect, you know, know, all-star team. Um, and you're watching them play, and you're like, holy cow, like, that's a lot of talent. 
playing today. Um, so it, you can get really excited over the position player standpoint. The pitching still is, you know, there's a lot of interesting things. You know, I think we've got to talk about Grayson Rodriguez. Yes, we do. Um, and again, Grayson Rodriguez just looks really, really good. I know he gave up one earned run in his last start, but I mean, you just look at, you know, some of the command that he has. You look at, you know, some of his, you know, pitch arsenal. You look at his velocity. You look at the movement. And you have to get really excited really quickly. Um, so, I mean, I think it's more of a question of, you know, how many innings can Grayson Rodriguez pitch. But Grayson Rodriguez certainly looks like, you know, the pitcher that he was last summer before he got hurt. Hear me out on this one. Yeah. Grayson Rodriguez, it has a spot to lose, right? So let's just say he's going to start the, the season in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of the season in which you don't need a fifth starter. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get John Means back in July. Yep. It's very possible that 130 innings out of Grayson Rodriguez fits into the team's plans. Yep. That's exciting. It's exciting. That's exciting because I feel like whenever that's happened in the past, it was like, all right, well, now here comes Spencer Watkins. You know, and... and you know, no, no, no shade. He overachieved the end of last year and looked sure. like a real pitcher. But it's like it's that kind of thing. Right. Whereas now we're like, okay, well, we're out of innings for Grayson Rodriguez, and now we're going to bring in John Means. Yep. It's just a different feel. Yep. Uh, last thing I wanted to say is that uh, I'm excited about following Cole Irvin. He seems like a really fun dude yep. and easy to root for. Um, you know. He's probably going to pitch to like a four plus ERA. That's okay. I hope that he eats up as many innings as he has over the last couple of years. But listening to him talk about the way he approaches pitching makes it clear as to why he's pitched that number of innings over the last couple of years. And again, he's not a special talent. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying that he's. If if he pitches to a four point two, four point three ERA. What are we complaining about? Yeah. Like, I mean, he's a fourth or fifth starter. I mean, that's great. Right. If if he gives us 180 innings of 4.3 on a staff that includes Bradish and Kramer and Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson Rodriguez and John Means and, 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 like, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, for the past few seasons, what have I complained about? I've complained about the aspect of, like, yeah... The Orioles are in decent shape, but they don't have, like, back-end starters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he turns out to just be a back-end starter or a three or four, kudos is the best way to put it. And if you're not going to go out and get a real pitcher, like I wanted. Of course. Like everyone in Berlin wanted. Like everybody wanted. Instead of getting a Matt Harvey, it's mm-hmm. going to put you in trouble every five days. That's yep. going to put your bullpen in trouble every five days. You went out and got a guy that's probably going to give you six. Yep. That's probably going to try to go beyond six every time sure okay you can live with that yep you can live with that so i you know i enjoy you know getting to know some of the, know some of these new guys as uh, as spring continues and hopefully as spring continues we'll see and hear a little bit more orioles baseball yep all right that is third base let's round it in let's go home and scotty i just i want to pour one out hang on mm-hmm. hang on this is uh this is an audio mm-hmm. Ooh, that was nice yeah, we're just uh, we're gonna pour one out for a departed friend, and uh, I think you know what I'm talking about here. Did someone die? Yeah, R.I.P. I.P. Dempsey's Brew Pub. Ah, 
Dempsey's Brew Pub, it's not that we hardly knew ye. It's that we knew ye. A lot. <laughs> Dem- yeah, a lot. Dempsey's was the site of our 100th episode. In quotation marks. Uh, 100-ish Ish. episode. Yes. A live episode that, that featured uh, members of the Orioles front office uh, joining us. Uh, Zach Wilt came in to hang out with us. It was a good... It was a good time. Yep. And I and I would say um it was a pretty good it was a pretty good space uh yep. for the ballpark. I thought that the the food uh was edible. Mm-hmm. I thought that the prices were not gouging. Yep. Um Yeah, it was uh it was nice. It was nice. Yeah. It was it was easy to get into. Um and you know, particularly like double headers was a great time Absolutely. to go to Dempsey's. Uh but Dempsey's no more. Uh, just as the Bud Light bar before it is uh, is gone, this is now in the rearview mirror. And so, Scotty, I'm going to put you on the spot. Sure. And I'm going to ask you, what do you do with that space? And what is the appropriate themed experience for fans for what was once Dempsey's? I don't know if there's anything that I would do immediately with it. It probably would just turn it into, you know, an area right now, which would be like a social event area that could be like rented out and something mm-hmm. like that. I'll tell you what they really should do with it if he was interested is they should put Jones, his name out there and have Jones put like fish tacos out there and everything like that and have it like a little bit of a flair. You're so close. Yeah. And and this is hilarious because it's not in the show notes, yep. but th- this is my idea. Yeah. 2110 Utah Street. There you go. The theme is 2110 Utah Street. And you pack it full of the Buckle Up Bird era. Yep. And uh, that, that to me, is the theme that wins. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. I I, I picked Jonesy specifically. Is everyone keeps saying, well, Jonesy had such an impact on the community, had such an impact on the team. Completely agree. And they keep talking about, like, you should retire his number. And I'm like, no, you only retire numbers for Hall of Famers. But... This gives that opportunity to represent Jonesy and even, you know, Marquegas there from 2110 um, and just say, hey, this is a really special time in Canyon Yards history. Um, and we want to, in essence, reflect on it rather than, you know, looking back at, you know, Rick Dempsey and the Memorial Stadium career, which, again, we deeply respect. But we also want to pay tribute to some folks from a more recent generation. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's really funny that you went there. That twenty one ten Utah Street was my uh, was my what you do with it. But I would like some San Diego cuisine uh, in that uh, in that area. Jabby Burns. Jabby can help us with that. I to say Jabby Burns may not come out of that restaurant if that was the case. We'll tell his story. Yes. All right. So that is it. We've gone around the bases here in Orioles baseball. Um, I I am I'm getting the tingles. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the tingles, and I think by the time the baseball World Baseball Classic wraps up at the end of March, I think it's March 21st, uh, is the date of the final. I expect the tingles to be, um, you know, a, a, a full-on problem mm-hmm. uh, that only opening day can solve. So let's uh, let's go ahead and close the book here on around the bases, and and I think, you know, I'm I'm struggling to to see this here. I I think you've prepared a little something you you want to. Get us into. Absolutely. It's a good time for us to, you know, reflect on spring training to date mm-hmm. um, and really get to some truths of the matter. 
Alright, Scott. We do this every once in a while. I've known you a long time. A decent amount. Uh, we're, we're close. Our families are close. Uh, oh. We spend a lot of time together. I feel like I know you. Unfortunately. As a person. I feel like I know your soul, Scott. And I consider you to be a, a pretty truthful person. Well, that was completely not truthful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and similarly, I, I feel, again, this, this comfort with you. I feel uh, at ease. I feel like I, in return, can be truthful with you. Um, but, you know, in this world right now, in this moment of history that we're in, uh, there is just... Uh, there, proliferation of mistruths and it's like uh it's like truth is on trial you know uh truth is is an endangered species and so it's in this moment that it is so important for us to return to our ripoff of late night television for our recurring occasional segment truth or truth and so scott i i i want to ask you uh, an important question, and I and I want you to be honest with me. Sure. Is it going to be truth, or is it going to be truth? Well, I've been getting in shape all all season, so I'm going to go with truth. Are you in the one. most truthful shape of your life? I am in the most truthful shape of my life. All right, Scotty. The question is this: Okay, as the Baltimore Ravens struggle with their own Manny Machado situation, which concerts do you think that Steve Bishotti? will bring to town in order to distract fans, and which band would make it okay for you if we don't re-sign Lamar Jackson? Well, number one, isn't he already bringing Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks to M&T? Think of the concerts, Scott. Okay. Think of the concerts. So if they had to bring another concert to distract us from the given situation, I'm thinking it's going to have to be Jay-Z and Beyonce. I think that's going to distract um, enough uh, of folks. So that's going to be my choice is Jay-Z and Beyonce. I know, I know that you're being truthful yes. with me. I know, I know that you're being honest. I know that's, that answer comes from your soul, but I'm sorry you're wrong. What? The correct answer is Lamar Kendrick. Why Lamar Kendrick? Because every time the word Lamar is said in the stadium, <laughs> an angel gets his wings and a quarterback comes home to us. All right. That's, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right, Jake, um, if we're doing this, I guess I'll ask you the question. Truth? Or truth. Scott, you know, it's always so difficult uh, because I take my integrity seriously. It's uh, something I committed to. And so I think in this moment, I have to go with truth. All right. So, Jake, uh, we talked about the plethora of prospects and position players. What is a plethora? So, obviously, the Orioles dangled certain prospects out um, through the offseason, and no one bit on it in order to get pitching. Uh, But, Jake... um, with the Dodgers potentially needing a shortstop, if the Dodgers were interested in Jorge Mateo or Ramon Urias for the same amount of prospects, which one are you trading away? Um, so this is a difficult question. Yep. Uh, I'm going to start by saying either is fine with me because I feel like... So poor Kendall is dose. I feel like the crop of infield talent we have behind is enough that either I don't want to I don't want to say they're expendable because mm-hmm. that's not fair. Yeah. Um, but I'm willing to let I'm willing to experience that kind of hurt to give up either one of them. I will say that I think 
uh, probably Ramon Urias has the higher value um, because I think he brings more with the stick. So you're going to keep Ramon Urias? No, I, 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 I think I would be willing you're, you're to... You're getting be... the same amount of prospects from either player. So you need to get rid of the, the player that you see as a lesser value. Oh, well, truthfully, I didn't understand the question. Well, then Mateo. Is, okay, so you're going to get rid of Mateo? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you, you don't like stolen bases is what I mean. No, I, I love them. I think they're great, and I, and I, uh, I, I would be willing to deal with the hurt mm-hmm. of not having that that one was a struggle for you. It, you know, I went on a whole journey. I went on a whole journey. Yep. It was uh, it was a real thing. Uh, but Scott, now I need you, sure, to to join me on this journey, um, this journey of truth. We're gonna find the truth in this next question. I've been pretty vocal about my disappointment with the the Orioles this off season, but when opening day hits, you know, I'm gonna do my best to throw on my orange colored glasses and be positive about the team. Still, even when it is performing well. And I'm thinking specifically back to 2012 or even the last year. Uh, it seems that the Orioles fan base is always waiting for that other shoe to drop, always waiting uh, for the potential failure that's just around the bend. And so, Scott, I I want you to answer truthfully: What is that potential failure for 2023 that keeps you up at night? And how long do you think it will take into the season for you to shake that particular demon? So a failure? Yeah, like what what are you wor- what is the other shoe dropping that you're just waiting for that keeps you from being all in on optimism? Someone getting injured. I think that's the one thing. Like, you know, seeing someone like Grayson or Adley getting injured is the one that just bothers me. And and does that speak then to your I don't want to call it lack of faith, but lack of confidence in the depth? You know, we talk all the time about yeah. the margin of error, but is it the depth then that keeps you up at night? I think it's just the standpoint of like, you know, let's come back to, and talk about Manny, for example, and when he suffered the knee injury. When like that happened, I was just like, "You're hurting me. You're hurting me right yeah, now." I was like, wow, like this doesn't just impact this season. This impacts potentially the future. Um, so I think that's what you know keeps me up at night. Of like, as an Orioles fan, what you know disastrous event is going to happen that is going to shatter all hope that we have. It has to be Adley. It has to be Adley. Because it feels like it does have to be Adley. Even this is going to sound terrible. Uh, I'm so much looking forward to Gunnar Henderson being a force in in the American League. Yep. But if for some reason we had to deal without him for a season, we're well positioned, both in prospects and major league talent, to withstand the weight. Adley, we're not. Yep. Yeah, I really hope that doesn't happen. But Jake, let me ask you this question. How oh, it's going to keep me up at night. Thanks a lot, Scott. Truth or truth? No, it's tough, but I'm going to have to go truth. All right, so I'm going to turn that negative into a positive. You're going to turn Adley Rutschman getting hurt into a positive? No, because I'm just going to assume that it's not going to happen. Okay. That's the way to put it. Okay. Uh, Jake, mm-hmm. uh, it is March 8th. I need you to select the most valuable Oriole for the Baltimore Orioles in 2023. Is it going to be Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, or Grayson Rodriguez? Wow. That's a great question. Let me say this. The most valuable player on the last place Baltimore Orioles Mm -hmm. would be Adley Rutschman. Yep. The most valuable player on a middle-of-the-pack Baltimore Orioles will be Gunnar Henderson. Mm -hmm. The most valuable player 
on a playoff Baltimore Orioles team will either be Grayson Rodriguez or a resplendent John Means. Yep. I like it. I like it a lot. And that, that leads me simply to ask you one last time, Scott Magnus, truth or truth? Uh, I'm going to go with truth. Okay. Uh, I mentioned talking about seeing Jackson Holiday. And, uh, you know, we have the opportunity to see Jackson Holiday play ball. And we've had the opportunity to listen to the Brian Roberts watch speak about uh, Jackson Holiday, somebody he, he knows a little bit, talking about his poise. Um, I'm just going to ask you straight up, when do you think we're going to see Jackson Holiday at the major league level? Uh, I don't think we see him until next year. I think it's a great answer. It's a good answer. It's a great answer, even. Um, here's the exciting thing to me mm-hmm. about Jackson Holiday. Many of us, and, and myself included, were surprised by Manny Machado, right? Like, I knew the name, right? I knew he was a prospect. And when he came up, I was like, holy crap, this kid is good. Mm-hmm. And he's good at 20. Holy crap. The thing is, is that on that timetable that you just gave us, Jackson Holiday would be up at the majors at 20. And I think that he has the, the possibility of being that kind of player. And that, to me, is so exciting. The glimpses that we're getting right now, he doesn't have to be good enough to make the club. right? He doesn't have to be anything. If he comes up next year, he's going to do it with uh, Gunnar Henderson by his side. He's going to do it, you know, in the shadow of Adley Rutschman. He's going to do it with um, Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall, hopefully. Uh, That's really, really an exciting place to be. I agree. Agree. I think think next year is probably right from a skills standpoint. The only thing I can possibly think of is holding him back for contractual reasons, because there's no space for him. Agreed. Um, but God, what a what a problem to have, right? Imagine if we're if we're talking about trading off Jordan Westberg because we've already got Gunnar Henderson, and we have to trade off uh, Jordan Westberg because we've got Gunnar Henderson and Jackson Holiday beating down the door. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a bad thing to have. Is the best way to put it. Well, Scott, I, I appreciate the uh, appreciate the honesty. Yep, I appreciate you being truthful with me. Um, this is more truth, I think, than our, our podcast can generally yes. handle. We're more more comfortable with a lack of insight and baseless opinion. So uh, we're going to put this away. Okay. okay. We're going to take the truth. We're going to put it in a box. We're going to bury that deep under the water. Um, but someday it will, uh, it will return, and we will ask ourselves whether we want truth or truth. truth. All right. Well, with that... Why don't we go ahead and uh, blow the safe and uh, end this episode out? So uh, take it away, Jake. Scott, I have um, I have unpleasant news. Okay, I have um, I have bad tidings to share with you. 
Uh, I'm a traditionalist. Scott, I, I love the things that are old. I, I've loved things old ever since I was not old. Oh my God, you're a Republican. <laughs> I, I grew up... How dare you, sir? I grew up on... It's not like you contributed to Ron DeSantis' campaign. I grew up on 1960s Top 40 music. I, oh God, you are a Republican. <laughs> I've been railing against change in baseball. I love traditions that this game brings us. I've participated in so many, and Scott, this year, a meaningful tradition dies, okay. and, it's, and it's my fault. Every year, on opening day, I enjoy the baseball beer. Oh, no. I enjoy the baseball beer, um, which is, of course, the beer um, that I'm enjoying on the last day of the season. Yeah. What, whatever six-pack is open... I I take one beer, I put it in the very back of the fridge, and I wait until opening day and I drink it. It's the it's the bridge between seasons. It's the it's the advent candle, yep. right, of of baseball. And for me, this has been a reminder, a as it were, yeah. of what is coming. Yeah, every time I open the fridge, I see the baseball beer and I and I can so, feel a little bit of that summer warmth. Yep. Um <clears throat> there is no baseball beer this year. I realized with horror last week that I had failed to save a baseball beer. And and I, I feel like I have a little bit of an excuse um, because last year I went to the final game of the season. I, I don't usually do that. So final, you know, the, the last game of the season, I'm usually at home and in a position to put the baseball beer in the fridge. Um, but I have no baseball beer this year. And this will be the first time since like 2013, I think. Um, and it seems tragic you know for this this tradition to die after 10 years um i got you excuse me i got you so uh you know for folks that don't know sd studios got blown up is the best way to describe it um we had to uh renovate it for um much one of my children um and uh sd studios is currently under construction speaking of r.i.p.i.p IP. yeah at uh at casa de la magnus um, to basically be, um, you know, a, a new location to be determined in the future. Um, but um, on that basis, uh, the last time you came over to SD Studios to do a podcast with me um, right before, you know, construction began, uh, you had left beer at my house, like you have a tendency to do. Um, so I actually have a few loose cannons and Michelobes of yours uh, left in my refrigerator, um, buried behind some pumpkin ales. Um, that we should be able to pull out for you, and that can be your baseball beer. You have literally saved baseball, Scott. You have saved baseball. I was, I was, uh, I was so worried. Do you know who saved that beer, by the way, for mm. you? A ghost runner. <laughs> so it's almost like ghost runners saved baseball. <laughs> I think there was a tie in this particular <laughs> tradition. It's a draw, okay? I told you, I don't like ties. Um, okay, first of all, that's amazing. Uh, not only will it be the baseball beer, but it will be the it'll be SD Studios. SD, SD Studios baseball beer. Um, but in, I'm not sure we've ever actually talked about the reference here, but uh, SD Studios, for all of you playing at home, uh, the Magnus has moved into a new house, yep. and they were showing us around. Uh, it's a beautiful house. It's very nice. But there's this room in the back of the basement, and I said, wow, that's a really weird place for a room. It's like the place that you would put a sex dungeon. 
And so SD Studios said, said like an American University student. <laughs> SD Studios <laughs> has stood for Sex Dungeon Studios for the past what eight eight years eight or years, so, give or take. Um, but it, it is no more, uh, particularly because it is now the room of one of your children. But Scott, hopefully that is not SD Studios anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are in in our in our newish digs. That means that we are going to have. We're gonna to have to name this studio. That's true. Um, and it, I don't, I don't know that it has the character yet. I don't know that it has the je ne sais quoi uh, that SD Studios had. Um, we're gonna to have to work. We're gonna to have to work. We're on gonna this. figure this out and think about it a little bit. We're gonna to have to workshop yeah. it. Um, you know, listeners, if you if you have a, a recommendation for what our studios should be should be called, um, Rick Dempsey, we're not accepting uh, your new location. Yeah. Or sponsorships on that basis. Or sponsorships. Let us know. Uh, but uh, luckily, a tradition of some sort lives on. And that, that is our show. Remember, you can find this in our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show we appreciate the feedback, and it encourages other people to listen for the first time. Now, listen, Bird's Eye View listeners, you're not so good at the calls to action, so I'm asking you politely, I'm asking you humbly, please rate and review the show. Even if you say nasty things about us, we, we like it. We will read it on air. Uh, come and get social with us. You can get, you can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. I'm at Jake at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You're at Scott. It's really complicated. It's hard. Uh, you can find us on social media all over the place. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Snapchat. We have the ticks and the talks. Because while we support China. While it's still legal. Uh, but the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter, where you can tweet at us at birdseyeview, B-A-L. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I will bid you all a fond adieu adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And let's go O's. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.